I don't know about you, but these first two months for us have gone by quickly. It's been a fast two months, and uh, I just want to tell you as a church family, just thank you. Boy, y'all have just opened up your arms towards us, and you've loved our family. And over these weeks with Emily, you've just prayed for us. Uh, you've prayed for us, you've prayed with us, and that means so much to us. It was a joy in the 9 o'clock service. Emily got to go to the warehouse this morning, so it was a joy to have her out and about this morning at church. So we thank the Lord for that and answers a prayer. And as we live in Daytona, I don't know about you, but we love living in Daytona. So let me ask you a question. Do you love living in Daytona? I mean, this is, I mean, can we talk about the weather? I mean, look up north. I mean, where my uh, family lives, so many of them live in Kentucky. I mean, two or three weeks ago, they're still getting six and seven inches of snow. And I'm sending them pictures here. It's 80 degrees, absolutely beautiful. I mean, this is a great place to live. So I just wanted to see, man, what are all the things in this great place to live? What can we do? What activities is there to do? So I just went and I started grabbing the different things in Daytona. Why it's so great to live here. First thing I grabbed out is about parasailing. Anybody ever been parasailing? Can I tell you something? I am so afraid of heights. I'm telling you, Lowell, about the only way you'll probably get me parasailing, if we do a big push in August for life groups and we had a thousand people in life groups in August, I, I think I might go parasailing. But you know what? You can go parasailing if you're in your wrong mind. You, did you know this? Also, this is incredible. In Daytona Beach where we live, we have a 1980s arcade. I mean, you can go play Centipede. You can go do all those things. You can go play Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. Oh, if you really want. I mean, you can go to the trampoline park. I mean, you can even go look at manatees. You can go do a boat ride and do the manatees. You can even go, I mean, we have got the flea market of all flea markets. Here is my rule of thumb at the flea market. If they don't have it, you don't need it. I mean, the flea market, of all flea markets, as a matter of fact, one of the leaders of the flea market comes to West Campus and actually do a Bible study at the flea market. Really an incredible thing. I mean, if you want to go play putt-putt, you just don't go play putt-putt. You can go play putt-putt with a pirate. I mean, where else? I mean, if you don't like the flea market, the flea market's not enough for you. I mean, we got the outlets, and I mean, isn't it crazy how much more they're building over there? Incredible. Isn't this a great place to live? I mean, if that's not enough, you can go over to the beach. Have we talked about the beach? Isn't it the best thing in the world that you can just drive on the beach? I mean, I mean, isn't that the best thing? You don't have to lug all your stuff. You just get to drive on the beach. And wear the... Man, if you want to go ride a jet ski, incredible. I mean, we live in the best. But, hey, did you know there's not a better place in the world if you're 55 and older to live? I mean, why live? if you're 55 years of age and older in the United States, where, why live anywhere else? I mean, you get every discount. We're building communities for it. 
55 years in age and older. Hey, you want to go fishing? We got fishing for you, don't you? I mean, wherever you want to go, go fishing, deep sea fishing. But you know what? I, I just realized I did not know that we have. Did you know we have a free chocolate factory tours? I, I mean, I, I didn't know that. I mean, what best? I mean, then we got NASCAR. I mean, if you want to go over and take a tour of the racetrack, you can do that. I mean, you can go ride an airboat. I mean, then of all things, we have a gun exchanged in Daytona Beach. Isn't this a great place to live? I want you to look at me now. Do we just love the place and not love the people? You know what would be a tragedy? We get to enjoy the weather. We get to enjoy the beach. We get to enjoy all of these things I've scattered all over the stage. Do we love the people? Have we made it so much about us? And what our community and what God's beautiful creation can do for us. And we forget the people. There's 530,000 people that live in our county. Here's what I want us to do. I am praying that God takes us to the same place when Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, take out your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 19 and Luke chapter 19 and look at verse 41. Luke chapter 19 verse 41. I mean the city of Jerusalem in an incredible place. Somebody could stand up at this time for the city of Jerusalem and could toss out, man, all of these incredible things about the city. Did they love the place of Jerusalem? But they missed Jesus. Listen to this. The people of Jerusalem... Love Jerusalem religion, but miss Jesus. How does Jesus respond as he looks over Jerusalem? First Baptist, the second great commandment is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. We cannot escape that in the Scripture. Over 10 times in the Bible, it states, love your neighbor. If we're going to love our neighbor well, Volusia County, I I believe it's got to start in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. 
Until we are weeping over their souls, until we're weeping that there are real people with real problems, until we're weeping that they are messed up and they are broken and they are hurt and they are wounded, I don't believe we're going to love our neighbor until we weep over their soul. Look what it says, Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Now as he drew near, he saw... The city. What did Jesus see in that city? Jesus saw great religion. I mean, the city of Jerusalem. I mean, an incredible city full of religion, but full of being spiritually dead. Could you imagine as Jesus saw the city of Jerusalem and saw how religious they were and how traditional they were? They were religious, but dead. Not only were they religious, they so many followed the law, but they missed the love. As Jesus looked over that city, he could see so many going through the routine of what's happening, but they miss love. First Baptist, look right here. I want everybody to look at me. It doesn't matter what we say to our community if we don't love them. It doesn't matter what we know. You might know Greek and Hebrew. You might have everything now. But if we know everything but we don't love, we don't have anything. What does it matter if we have faith that we can even move a mountain? First Baptist, 530,000 people really don't care what we say and what we know and what we believe until we love them. And when Jesus looked over the city, What does it tell us in verse 41? Jesus saw the religion. He saw they were spiritually bankrupt. He saw that they were empty. And what did Jesus do? He what? You can talk back to me. He he did what? Ask him. How long? Has it been since you wept over your next door neighbor's soul? How long has it been since you've gone over the intercoastal way and you saw the vastness of our city? And you see lostness. One of the things is Amy and I were with Charlie and Ken as we were coming and looking at First Baptist Daytona, and we were kept driving, driving through community after community after community. For me, it was not a, it's not about the beach. It's not about the weather. It's not about all those things. I, I just kept telling Charlie, and I said, Charlie, where are the churches? 
There's 530,000 people in this community. Where are the churches? My excitement of coming here was not a beach, was not the weather. My excitement was coming here that you and I can go and love a community to Jesus. I want you to know, God did not call me here to maintain something. God called me here so we can reach outside of these walls and we can go and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. First Baptist, this is not about us. It is about the glory of God being known to every single boy and girl, man and lady. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ going to every street and to every house. So I'm going to ask you, when was the last time you made it not about you? And you made it about somebody else, and you wept over them. Here's what I'm praying. God, bring us to the place that we can't drive where the intercoastal way. Wait, bring us to a place that we can't ever drive down ISB. Bring us to a place we can't ever go the orbit. Bring us to a place that we can't ever go the port arms. Give us a place we can't ever go to the land. Give us a place that we can't ever drive over this community. And we weep over it. So here's my question. If I went and knocked on your next door neighbor's door, And I asked him, will you describe your next door neighbor in two words? I mean, I mean, could you imagine? I know where you live. I've got your address. What would it be like if I went and knocked on your next door neighbor house and said, tell me two words? Would they say, man, they are so driven. They are chaotic. I mean, that garage door goes up. They're going out of it about 500 miles an hour. They're spinning out of here. They're turning out of the neighborhood on two wheels. I mean, they're coming back in. They're, they got the food in their mouth as they're eating. They're running back in their house. They change clothes real quick. They're roading right back out of their house. They're going, I mean, they are driven. What'd your neighbor say? You know what? They're pretty distant. They, they just kind of stayed to themselves. They're just kind of distant. As a matter of fact, we really don't. I can't give you two words about them because they're just kind of, they're just distant. Your neighbor say, oh man, you know how kind they are? You know what? When my leaves fall off of my tree and it goes into their pool, when my trees fall and go, man, they're just kind. It doesn't bother them. You know what? They're not that concerned about temporal things that are going to all burn up and crush. They're just concerned about eternal things. Man, they're really kind. I mean, your neighbor said, man, they are just easy going. Man, they don't let all this neighborhood stuff just ruffle the feathers. and They're not a part of all the, the gossip. I mean, 
They're just really easy going. They're real intellectual. They're, they're so loving. You, you, you won't meet a more loving people than the people who we live next door to. Man, they're, they're energetic. They're fun. Compassionate. So will you take just a moment? What would your next door neighbor's two words be about you? By the way, do you know who they are? Do you even know their name? As a matter of fact, let's go a little bit more than that. Do you know, will you tell me, what is the deepest struggle in your neighbor's life? The person who lives right next door to you, the soul that Jesus Christ died for and he came back to life for, the soul that he doesn't want anyone to perish but all to come to know him, that person that lives next door to you, what is their deepest struggle in their part? Your next door mate, what do they struggle with? Love your neighbor. Weep over. I want to turn back in the gospel. Look, look at Luke chapter 10. And we're going to get this whole story in context as we're seeing the first great thing, love God. Second thing, love our neighbor. You might say, Pastor Eric, this is so simple. Well, as a matter of fact, it's so simple, most of us don't do it. As a matter of fact, if you were to take the Bible and put it in a funnel, and and two things would come out. Can I tell you what would come out? Love him, and you can only love him by grace. And go love your neighbor. If you're loving God through the grace of God, the foundation of faith and what he's done, and you're loving your neighbor, you know what? That, you could put the whole Bible in those two statements. That's what happens. Luke chapter 10. Let's begin in verse 25. Here's the lawyer again. Remember, they're always trying to trick Jesus. They're all trying to test Jesus. They're always trying to get him in a box. They can't do it, though. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, remember, this goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Verse 29. But but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? The beginning in verse 30, Jesus probably goes to probably one of the most familiar stories of the entire Bible. Story of the Good Samaritan. And the story of the Good Samaritan, I mean, we see the influence of the story of the Good Samaritan all over the world. We see 
the good Samaritan law that if you see something happen that you can go up and you can help them and you won't be sued because of good Samaritan law. You know what? When we were in China, uh, in Beijing, on one of our trips there, they don't have that law. I'll never forget. I mean, man, when you're in China, I mean, driving is crazy. Bicycles are everywhere. I mean, it's kind of like being put on a road where there's, you know, 500,000 16-year-olds learning how to drive. I mean, literally, because the middle class is growing so fast, and all these people, they might be 30 or 35 years of age, but they're driving for the first time in their life, so it's like everybody's 16 years of age. God help us. But I know one thing. People can't drive in this county. Boy, it, it... Boy, y'all need to learn how to drive. But I'll never forget one day as we're in China, I, I watched a car just hit one of these guys on a bicycle and drive over. I mean, it's horrible. This guy is just laying there. And everybody runs up to him. Nobody touches him. They just look at him. Ooh. How bad is he? Oh, he looks pretty hurt, really bad. Oh, man, he's bleeding pretty bad. He's got this. Oh, he's not talking. Nobody touched him. We say, why didn't somebody touch him? Guess what? That's us. We're surrounded by people that got hit by the car of sin. We got people all around us hit by the car of divorce and mass and abortion and not no life. We got people laying all over our roads that are hit and they're just laying there. We have a hope. They don't have a hope. Love your neighbor. How's our response going to be? Write these three things down, really simple, I'm undone. Are we going to respond? by just avoiding the situation. Well, let's look at it right from the text of the Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. But so many of us, we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves. Here's what we're doing. Let's begin verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Right next to that in your Bible, put 21. Why 21? It is a 21-mile journey. It is 21 miles from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And as a matter of fact, it is true when it says, and you are going down. I mean, every time when you're in Jerusalem, by God's grace, some of us will be in Jerusalem together. You are always, you're always going up to Jerusalem. He is going from Jerusalem down to Jericho, down those windy trails. It is very dangerous. In the 21-mile journey, something happens. Well, look what it says. And a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, 21 miles, and fell among the thieves. Wait a minute. Who's the thief that goes around like a roaring lion? Let's say it again. Who's the thief? Satan. He's a thief. Who stripped him of his clothing? Wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. 
530,000 people in our community. And guess what? Most of our community is verse 30. As a matter of fact, I was meeting with one of the leaders of the Florida Baptist Convention this week, and we were talking about the three counties in South Florida. We're, we're realizing 90% of South Florida's lost. Only 10% have a relationship with Christ. 90% of them. Probably 75% of our community, they are there. They're, they're naked, they're wounded, they're beaten, and they are hurt. What's going to be our response? Verse number 31. Response number one, the priest. What you would expect from him, he didn't do. Look what he did. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. The priest, I'm calling the one of avoidance. He, he saw, I mean, Robin, he could see. He saw this guy left for dead, naked, wounded, beaten. I mean, for heaven's sake, he is a priest. The one that you would expect to help. What did he do? Hey, I got, two, I got somewhere to be. How many times in our life the people are wounded all around us? We see them. And what is our response? Good luck! Mm. Can I remind you? What, what's your next door neighbors? What are their names? What's your children's name, the grandchildren? Hey, your neighbor, what, what do they struggle with more than any other thing? Oh, how fast can we put up the garage door and drive in? How fast can we run and get everybody in the house? I mean, we got a, places to be, things to do. The priest, he avoided it. First Baptist. I pray every street that you drive down, I pray every apartment that you see, every college campus that God's blessed us with in this city, I pray that every person as you drive by, you don't just see it and keep on driving. Number one, we can avoid it. Number two, what, what I call the the Levite is the rubbernecker. When you look up, just Google rubbernecker, and it'll define that you're looking, you're turning your neck like a crane. What does a Levite do? Look at verse 32. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, oh, wait a minute, he did a bit more. He came, what does it say? He came and looked. Could you imagine, here's your neighbor, here are all these people. You just go, oh, man, alive is he messed up. 
Man, they are in a pickle. Look at them. Oh, my legs. They are a disaster. Just look at them. I mean, they don't have much. Oh, my gracious. Look at the. Oh. They look horrible. Good luck. Love. Neighbor as yourself. Look at me. Love, your neighbor as yourself. Are we just going to come and look, oh, America is so bad. We have done all of this. and Oh, people just gripe and go on and on and on and on. We just like looking about it and talking about it, but not loving them. The church is great at talking about how bad it is, and we're doing this and we're doing that. And we're not doing the simple thing. Love your neighbor. Number one, we're just going to avoid it. We're not going to deal with it. Number two, we're going to be the rubberneck and we're going to get a close. We can describe how bad they're hurt. But we're disconnected. Here's the third word. Write this third word down. The Samaritan compassionate. Isn't it ironic? Here we have the priest who should be helping that didn't help, and here we have the Levi. He is a leader and a ruler, a worker in the temple. He doesn't help. Now we have a Samaritan, the most uncertain person, the person they hated. The person that shouldn't be helping, the person that was hated, the person that was really messed up, the person that the society put as an outcast, the very one that was an outcast is the very one that shows compassion. Look at the text of this scripture, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, the outcast, the made fun of, the rejected one, As he journeyed, came where he was, and saw him, and had compassion. He's beaten. He's hurting. Had compassion. Can I tell you one of the greatest ways that you can show compassion and love to your neighbor? Listen to them. Look at me. Please don't miss it. This is so simple, but it is so true. We are so busy. We are so self-centered. We're so much about us. And did we get the music just right? Did this just happen right? Did this just happen right? Did the greeter smile just right? Did this just happen right? Did I get my parking place? Did I get my pew? Did we, we get all that focusing on that? Because we make it about us. It's not about us. It is about showing the compassion and the love of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest ways you can show compassion to somebody, listen to them. When I say listen to them, I mean really actively listening what's going on in their life. 
one of our children, one of our boys, I'll never forget, uh, I don't know, probably toddler stage, we were just wondering, we said, man, there, there just must be something wrong with his hearing. He just, Doc, he just doesn't hear us. So we tested one of our boys' hearing, and they said, it's perfectly fine. And Dr. Meredith said, he has the man's disease. He, he has selective hearing. Anybody got selective hearing? I, I, please, you look right here at me. When somebody's hurting, they're broken. One of the greatest ways you can show compassion to somebody, listen to them and listen to what they're saying. But we get so focused about us. What am I going to say next? What is this going to say? Just listen. So the next time that you see them, you can say, man, I want you to know, I have been praying about this for you. Man, you told me all this. I I care for you. I'm praying for you. How can I help you through it? One of the greatest ways that we can show compassion is listen and give them our time. When was the last time you listened to your next door neighbor? Love your neighbor. Only does have compassion. Look at verse 34. This is incredible. Y'all know the story. But sometimes the simple stories, we forget and we miss it. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Was the Samaritan, was he a doctor? No. He just used what he had. He loved him with what he had. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii. That two denarii, when you look at it, And my pastor's commentary says that's really paying between 25 and 40 days of lodging and food for him. That's serious, isn't it? And gave to the keeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Can I tell you what? As we go and love Volusia County, it is expensive. When we go and minister way beyond us, as we go and reach out in each one of our communities, guess what? It is expensive, and it requires all of us to be a part of it. Loving your neighbor. Verse 36, boy, this is powerful. Look what Jesus says. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Verse 37, 
I want you to get this verse. And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Who is the neighbor that, who was the one that loved his neighbor as himself? The one that showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do it. So you have a homework assignment today. We, we just don't want to be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. You know, it would be a tragedy for us to say, God, bring us to a place of Luke 19, verse 41. Let us see the city and let us weep over it. It would be a tragedy to, to see, Jesus said, the second and the greatest command of your neighbor. And he says, go and do it. So you know what we're going to do this afternoon? We're going to go love our neighbor. Some of you say, I don't even know my neighbor's name. Don't use that guilt from stopping you. Use that to transform you into loving your neighbor. We live in fear. What is our neighbor going to say? I've got to find out their deepest struggle. I mean, I'm not saying go knock on their door and say, my pastor at church today told me to ask you, what is your deepest struggle in life? Please tell me so I can put it on my life group uh, prayer list so we can put it on our Facebook page and then we'll put it on the church website. No, I'm not saying that. Go love your neighbor. Here's how I want you to start. Sometime this afternoon, not even giving, taking your dog for a walk, I want you to go to the neighbor's houses around you and start praying for them. I'm not saying you don't have to go stand in front of the door and have both hands over the door like this, and they open the door up, and you're looking at this, and they're looking at you going, what are you doing? Man, you are weird. My pastor said pray over you. Well, I'm your neighbor. In the dorm room, college guys. In the apartment. Your home. Walk outside this afternoon. We live in a great place. The weather's great. Just go and say, Lord God, we pray over this home. And Lord, we pray that this home will know in their hurt, their pain, that you love them. And Lord, we're asking you, Will you supernaturally give us divine appointments of God so we can build a relationship with them? Go to the next house. Just stop as a family. Lord, we don't even know the names of these people. But Lord, we're asking you, through your grace, will you allow us to get to know them? 
in a really personal way that we'll know what their deep, deepest hurt and pain is. And God, may we have compassion over their soul. And God, may we be willing to use what we have if that's bandages. God, will you be willing to use whatever if that's bringing them chocolate chip cookies. God, whatever that is. So let's circle around and I'm done. I knock on your neighbor's door. I said, man, I am so blessed. I get to be your pastor's neighbor. I am the pastor for your neighbor that lives next door. I'm just really trying to get to know them all really well. So give me two words to describe them. Distant. Prayer warrior. Kind, driven. What would they say? You know how we're going to reach Belusa County? Remember, they don't care what we say, they don't care what we know. They don't care if we believe all right if we don't love them. Here's going to be the invitation. It's going to be a little different. Number one, if you don't know Jesus, today's the day of salvation. For some of you, you're the one, you're on the side of the road, you're broken, you feel like you're naked, you're wounded. Let me tell you, Jesus is the one that can heal that. In just a moment, if you don't know Jesus, why don't you come? Next thing, some of you have been visiting with us. Man, First Baptist is supposed to be your church home. Why don't you come be a part of it today? The next thing I want all of us to do. Here's the invitation. I want you to pray for your neighbor. And I want you to pray that you're going to love them as you love yourself, and you're going you're gonna to be willing to spend whatever it takes, you're going to be willing to give whatever time it does to love your neighbor. So during the invitation time, what I'm asking you to do, I'm just asking you to find you a spot at the altar and pray for your neighbor's soul that they'll come to know Jesus. And pray that you won't be so self-centered and about you that you miss. Hey, look at me. The way you can afford that home, God's supplying it so you can be there. I don't believe you're in that apartment. I don't believe you're in that dorm. I don't believe you're in that 55 and older community by accident. I believe God placed you in that home for such a time as this so you can be a missionary and you can love your neighbors well. Can I tell you, look at me first, Baptist. If we really grasp this and we do it, guess what? In the coming weeks, this place will be turned upside down just because we're loving people. Well, Pastor Eric, we got to do this and we got to do this. You know what we got to do? Go and love our neighbor. So here's the invitation. I want you to just come on, pray for your neighbor. Eric, you just don't know my neighbor. We are at war. Yeah, that happens. I, I, 
I have been in the, man, church members of the whole area come and mediate this. We're in a war with our neighbor. You know what the Bible says? Love your enemy. Love them. You might be all mad because their dog's coming in the yard. The cat is. You might be angry that their leaves are coming. You might be angry because they get a little bit loud. Hey, look at me. I, I, I'm, I'm just at the heart of the matter today. What matters is not their dog being a nuisance. The kids that are playing basketball. Praise God, every time you hear that basketball bounce, and you're going, oh, Lord, will that kid ever quit? Start praying. God, I pray that that kid who's bouncing that basketball, God, I pray every time I hear that ball hit the ground that he'll love Jesus. Instead of irritating me, may I love him through it. The kid who throws the baseball in your yard. So you don't know Jesus, come to Jesus. Some of you, this is your day. Come be a part of First Baptist. God's doing a great work. Don't miss it. But I'm asking, pray for your neighbor. And this afternoon, go pray over their home and pray over the next seven days. God's going to give you an opportunity to get to know them and minister to them. Pastor Eric, how are we going to do this? Let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you, empowering you. And guess what? The Holy Spirit of God will strengthen you, and the Holy Spirit of God will give direction to tell you what to do. Don't live in a panic and fear. I don't know what to do. You just go out there and you take the step of faith. I'm going to love my neighbor. And guess what? The Holy Spirit of God is going to energize you, and the Holy Spirit of God is going to give you direction. The Holy Spirit of God is going to give you wisdom what to do. We just all sit back with arms clocked. Oh. Love them well. Lord, we, we, just, we just love you today. And Lord, we just don't want to love Daytona because of the place. Lord, may we love Daytona because of the people. Lord, I pray that we will love our neighbor. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us and we're sealed for the Holy Spirit of promise, God, may we rely upon you. Lord, I I pray that we'll remember greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God, may we know that your perfect love casts out all fear. God, I pray we'll go love our neighbor. Lord, I pray in a moment that person will come and trust Jesus. That person who's just at war in life will come and find healing with you. Or that person who's a family that needs to come be a part of our church family. God, I pray for all of us. We'll come and we'll pray for our neighbor.
Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.